for just one moment if you just stay standing for one scripture reading. One scripture reading this morning. The book of Numbers chapter 33, we're in a series entitled Join the Journey. I'm encouraging those, maybe you are on this journey of life and faith in God. and Maybe you haven't started your journey, maybe you need to start that journey, amen. We want to encourage you along in the process. And in the book of Numbers chapter 33, the Bible says in verse 53, it says, Take possession of the land and settle in it. Because I have given it to you to occupy. How powerful of a word. Let me read it again for you. It says, take possession of the land. Somebody say amen. Amen. Then it says, and settle in it. Settle in what? The possession of the land that God has given unto you to possess. Do you see that? It says, because I have given it to you to occupy. Amen. You can be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. We're going to talk to you this morning about the power of the cross. I appreciate our worship team. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Appreciate all of your commitment, your hard work, your focus. Praise God. When the Israelites had left Egypt, we're talking about God's people, and God had pulled them out of captivity. And when the Israelites left Egypt, they were headed to a land, listen to this, especially prepared for them. God has a purpose for your life. He's got a plan for your life, a place that's been purposed especially for you. And this promised land was a wonderful place full of blessing and prosperity, but in order to enjoy it with all of its benefits, the Israelites had to actually walk in and possess it or take it, Scripture talks about take it, from their enemy. Amen. And so it's the same way for you and I in this new journey that we've begun, the new journey of faith. Maybe you're just stepping into a relationship with Christ, okay? Maybe you've been in that that relationship with Christ for decades, all right? We still have to step in and possess that land. And many of us, we've left Egypt, or what we talked about, the sin of slavery. We've left that space and we've left that place, amen. Uh, We've left that Pharaoh, but you're going to have to walk into your promised land. And God has so much waiting for you, and he wants to give it to you, but you're going to have to possess it just like the Israelites had to do, okay? For all of my note takers, the notes, most of our notes will happen toward the end of the sermon, but just stay with me. You might get a good nugget here or there that you want to write down, and that's okay. But God's got so much waiting for you. And when you make your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, you became the beneficiary of all the rights and privileges that he won for you by his death on the cross. Somebody say a good amen right there. Now, I don't have a lot of space to keep stuff. Okay, right now, you guys, because we, have, we don't have our own church building quite yet, all right? So I had to steal a cross off the wall, okay? I had to borrow a cross here from Calvary Lutheran, okay? But think about the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And when you begin to think about that power, and this is the promised land of your Christian faith. And when you became a child of God, you became an heir to all of heaven and its riches. Somebody help me preach this morning amen Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 says it like this and since we are his children 
We are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Amen? It's not always easy being a Christian. It's not always easy walking out your faith. I don't think that the the cross was an easy day for the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody help me preach. Amen? And so we see this. And if you're an heir to an earthly inheritance, your inheritance is spelled out in a will that goes into effect, watch this, only upon the death of the person who made it. I know a lot of people who are getting a will. And they, they can't wait to kind of rush that person into death. Come on, somebody. I, I, that's a terrible space to be. But they kind of know, they kind of know like, hey, you know, it, when, when dad passes or grandpa passes or aunt, aunt whomever passes, whenever, whenever they pass in that space, I'm going to get the four-wheeler or I'm going to get the land or I'm going to get her, 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 her china tea set or her cabinets, you know, uh, there at the house or whatever that, that it is. And similarly, when Christ died on the cross, watch this, all of the riches of heaven were now made available to you as his heir. Praise God. I am a son, or you are a daughter of God. Now watch this, watch this. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, 15 through 17. It says, this is why Christ is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people. So that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance that God promised them. What is that eternal inheritance? What is that? Salvation. All right, among a thousand other things. Praise God, we're going to talk about a few of them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. We know in and through Scripture, number one, I was born into sin. Number two, I am a sinner. I don't always do things right. I am just as crooked as the next guy. Come on, somebody. Mary Mary Smith was talking about she pulled in her super cool car, and I said, hey, do you need me to park that? She was already parked but she was parked kind of crooked come on somebody and she was kind of nervous about her crooked park spot I was just talking about wanting to drive her cool car okay that's what I was trying to say but she was like well I'm just kind of in there a little bit crooked so there's a lot of crooked people that come to Hope City Church come on somebody (laughs) you knew I was going to pick on you you knew I was going to pick on you but watch this it says Jesus he freed them from the penalty of their sins verse 15 of the sins they committed under that first covenant. Now, when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. And the will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, that will cannot be put into effect. But because Jesus Christ died, you can have eternal life. Because Jesus Christ suffered, you can have physical healing. Because Jesus Christ was wounded, you can be made whole. And by looking, look, look at this, by looking at what happened to Jesus on the cross, you can get a better picture of what he bought for you as an heir of heaven. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 20, the scripture says, by his death. Do you see this right here? It says, by his death, not by his virgin birth. But by his death, 
Not by his miracles and his signs and his wonders, but by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Nobody's got to stop there. I don't have to stop at a certain space to get into the presence of God. I can walk into Hope City and get into the presence of God all by myself. Come on. I can go in my car as I'm driving down the road. I can listen to my favorite song. Uh, where's, where's the girls at? Shaniqua, where's the girls at? I can listen to my favorite song. Jesus, what, what's the name of the song? Jesus Let me tell you about my Jesus, okay? I can listen to my favorite song driving down the road and get into the presence of God because through Christ's body, he gave us access to the Father. Amen. And in other words, the battered, the bruised, the torn flesh of Christ was a door into breakthrough. Amen. And every place, watch this, Every place where Christ's flesh was broken through symbolizes symbolizes a new and living way into the promised land of freedom and deliverance never before guaranteed. And we can go through these groups, okay, these breakthrough groups that Jesus won for you, that that he won for you into four main areas. That's what scripture is going to give us. In, in, in this scriptures, uh, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. Very famous quoted version, uh, a verse of scripture, okay? Number one, healing for your mind. Uh, excuse me, healing for your body. Number two, peace for your mind. Cleansing for your conscience. And healing for your heart or what we call the spirit. The spirit man. So point number one for all you note takers, and I won't be long. Pastor Mike, you've lied to us before, but I'm not lying this morning, okay? Praise God. Number one, a breakthrough in your body. The whip, the cat of nine tails, as Scripture calls it, okay? I wanted to have one on the platform with me, but you can't just walk into your local Menards and pick up a cat of nine tails. Come on, somebody. They don't have those readily available. But in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5, one of the most frequently quoted verses in the scriptures, it says this, But Jesus was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. Amen. So he was whipped so we could be healed. Talks of the physical wounds that were inflicted on Jesus' body. The first tear in his flesh came with the scourging that was ordered by Pilate in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 26 I believe is where I'm correct and in the scourging the Roman legionnaire took a whip that had nine tails of leather straps and on those leather straps there were lead balls and pieces of sharp metal and rock and bone and and, and tied to each strand and with every lash of the whip it would literally grab a hold of the victim's body and tear flesh from it or break bones or break the flesh open and tear it open they they had accounts of people uh, uh, so many uh, accounts of people watching this happen through roman through roman crucifixion and even on the day that jesus was scourged that they it, it literally changed a man and, and the victim was then tied and they were beaten to this post a maximum of 39 lashes, okay? They would say 40 
save one. So 39, and with this horrible instrument, and they would whip these individuals. And many times the, the, the person being punished and the person being scourged wouldn't even make it through uh, the, the, the scourging. The punishment was so brutal that many people did not even survive that space. And the Romans were masters at execution, and they were proud of it. They were proud of it. They had a gruesome gift of keeping you alive while inflicting the absolute worst pain known to man. Sounds a whole lot like the devil if you know anything about him. He just knows right where to get you and right where to attack you and right where to put your mind in or right where to punish you in a type of space. And we see this, and because Jesus endured this agonizing flogging, the price was paid for your physical healing. How many of you guys have ever been healed by the Lord Jesus Christ? And you know it. My body has been touched. My mind has been touched. My spirit has been encouraged. And because Jesus did this, listen, from his very back, amen, flowed the blood for your healing of your body, the healing from every disease, the healing from every affliction, and the healing from every condition. And Peter expressed this thought in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. He said this about Jesus. Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right and by his wounds you are healed if you came in this morning you got wounds in your body you got wounds in your mind you're suffering literally physically scripture says you can be healed supernaturally by the blood of Jesus Christ somebody say praise God amen sickness was paid for on the cross amen And as an heir with Christ, you have the right to walk through that open door and receive the inheritance of healing. Praise God. The second thing that we see here was that there was a breakthrough in your mind. The crown of thorns. Again, they don't just have a crown of thorns available at the store, Justin, that I could just walk in and pick up and buy and show you what one looks like, okay? But this crown of thorns was full of poison, and they smashed it down onto Jesus' head, and they even used like a cane, like a, like a type of cane or bamboo-type pole to smash it down onto his head to crush it into his skull. And in the events leading up to this actual crucifixion, they placed this crown of thorns upon the head of Jesus and they mocked him in their worship. That's why I never want to mock Jesus in my worship. Because I'm not a Roman legionnaire. Amen. I'm a son of God. So I want to worship God in spirit. I want to worship him in truth. I want to worship him with a pure heart. I want to worship him with a right spirit. Amen. And the scripture says in Matthew 27, they wove thorn branches into a crown. And put it on Christ's head. And they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. And they knelt before him in mockery. And they taunted him. Hail, king of the Jews. Here he is. He's such a king. He's such a leader. He's such a healer. He's such a deliverer. And they said, if you can deliver your people now, why don't you deliver yourself? And little did they know that Jesus was dying even for them. Amen. And they thrust it deep into his scalp, deep into his skull. And they said that uh, after that, even 500, they have accounts of over 500 soldiers punching Jesus or hitting Jesus or tearing out his beard and spitting on him in the face. 
It's like the worst desecration ever to be spit upon. Come on, somebody, can you hear what I'm saying? Amen. And they said that that crown of thorns crushed down on Christ's head that he was so unrecognizable. Amen. He was so unrecognizable. And he was paying a price. Listen, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. He was paying a punishment that would bring us peace. Amen. With the crown of thorns. He wore the crown to bring breakthrough in the area of your mind. Oh man, I'm talking to somebody this morning. You need a breakthrough in your mind. You need a breakthrough in your peace. You need a breakthrough in your hope. You need a breakthrough in your spirit. I'm telling you, God is able. And just like these thorns, they're the fruit of a branch. Your mind bears the sinful fruit of worry, the sinful fruit of anxiety, the sinful fruit of rebellion and pride and depression and lust and greed. But when Christ willingly wore that awful crown, he was taken all of God's judgment upon every rebellious renegade thought that you've ever thought and because he bore that judgment no evil thought can control you come on you don't have to be the victim of ungodly sinful thought patterns any longer you are an overcomer in Jesus Christ you've been made more than an overcomer because of the blood of Jesus somebody say the blood of Jesus the blood the blood the blood the blood in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, it says we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps us from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Listen, you're training your body. You're training your thoughts. You're training your mind. Come on. Amen. It will not overcome. I'm not going to let that poison seep into my head and seep into my skull and seep into my mind. Amen. So you can capture every thought and you can make it line up. Scripture says you can make it line up with the word of God because of what Jesus has already done for you. Every thought. Think about that. Every thought has been conquered by the blood that flowed from the head of Jesus Christ. As a child of God and as a heavenly heir, you can have victory over thoughts of fear, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of worry, thoughts of addiction, thoughts of depression, thoughts of, it, of any mental struggle. Come on, somebody say a good amen right here. Praise God. A breakthrough. Point number three, a breakthrough in your conscience. I happened to go uh, pick up some items from Katie and Chase uh, the other day, and she was making something for me for my, for my uncle's memorial service. I've got to go down to uh, Florida, and I get the opportunity to go down and preach his, uh, uh, his memorial service. And he's a legend uh, in God's kingdom, and I, I'll tell you more about it uh, another time. But I, I drove up to the railroad track, and I thought, I need some nails. Come on, somebody. And they're giving away nails at the railroad track right there. I picked up some spikes right there. And I began to think about these are probably so much, so much more different than what they actually nailed Jesus to the cross with. But I want you to think about this. Each and every one of us, we've got a really long list or record of our failures and our weaknesses, our shortcomings. And the scripture calls this transgressions. But in the scripture, Isaiah 53, 5, same scripture we're studying. It says Jesus was pierced for our rebellion. He was pierced 
for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. i got to finish the verse. It's just in my head. I'm sorry. Isaiah perceived this connection between Jesus being pierced or the opening of the holes where he was nailed. Where they, 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 they literally took a hammer and drove this into his hands and drove it into his feet. And between Christ's hands and the cross was the list of your sins, symbolically speaking. And as soon as Jesus Christ was pierced through his hands and through his feet, when the nails went through, they also pierced the list that was between his hands and the wood of the cross. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. And in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. The blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody thank God for the blood. Thank Him for the blood. He canceled the record against me. And Isaiah saw this, and when the nails went through, come on, and each and every sin of your past, listen, has been paid for. The record of your transgressions have been canceled. Your sins were like a certificate of debt that has now been, Scripture says, or calls it, teteleste, which in the Greek means paid in full, or means it is finished. There is no down payment. He made the full payment while dying on the cross for our sins hallelujah finished 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 listen 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 there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ that's why you don't have to feel guilty you don't have to feel condemned for your sins because the nail scarred hands of Jesus Christ they bore our guilt amen so you could go free and you can lay your head down every night knowing that the peace of God can wrap your mind and the peace of God can wrap your spirit because all of your sins have been forgiven and you can sleep with a clear conscience at night Amen? Because sleep with a clear conscience. Our final point this morning. See, I told you I wasn't going to lie to you, especially to the kids. I might lie to some of you adults, but I'd never lie to the kids. Come on. A breakthrough. How cool is this? Everybody who's seen it tried to grab it and ready to javelin it out in the parking lot. Actually, some of our guys ready to javelin it right here in the school. I had to poke them with it. No, don't touch the spear, okay? A breakthrough in your heart. Or the spear. This is so powerful. I'm so grateful to have found this. Look, Look, watch this. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Christ's heart was crushed and broken by the weight of iniquity that he carried for all of humanity. The weight of sin. After Jesus, Scripture says, John chapter 19, I've proven it to you with Scripture. John chapter 19, verse 34, it says, One of the soldiers pierced Christ's side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. He pierced him in the side. He was down on the ground with a long spear and jabbed Jesus into the rib cage, into the side of, of, of his body. And from a medical standpoint, watch this. From a medical standpoint, this indicated that Jesus' heart had ruptured and that the blood had filled his heart or it coagulated or it hardened up or it turned in uh, it turned into a thicker if you've ever seen your uh, like a scab coming over when the blood 
begins to stop pouring out. It's like a scab. And so the blood had coagulated and the serum separated. I know it's all scientific and I don't understand it all, but I want you to hear this. As a result, the opening of his side produced a stream of water and an oozing of thickened blood or coagulated blood, they call it. So Christ literally died of a broken heart. Can you think about that? His heart was broken so that yours could be healed. His heart was broken so that yours could be healed. For every situation and every circumstance and every frustration and every anxiety and every fear. And inside the broken heart of Jesus Christ is a world of freedom. A world of healing. A world of reconciliation. And it is mine because I'm a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Because I'm a son or a daughter of God. So every space that Christ was broken, God has a place of healing for each and every one of us the death of Christ on the hill of Calvary was a pivotal point of all of history it literally marked a point from which all humanity could receive forgiveness for our sins and a total healing of mind, body soul and spirit and as awful as it seemed at the time It was the most triumphant act of all eternity. The Son of God defeated death, hell, and the grave. He defeated destruction. He defeated the devil. And he opened up the gates for each and every one of us eternally. Come on, somebody. And as a child of God, you have a wonderful divine inheritance. Physical healing. Emotional health. A clear conscience and amended heart are all yours as you look toward heaven. Amen. As you look toward heaven. So I would encourage you. Amen. I'll put this back, I promise. You guys know I'm good for it. I encourage you this morning to look to the cross each day of your life and thank God anew for what Jesus has suffered for you. Amen. Look to the cross and see the great love that he has for you. Listen to this. Look to the cross and be healed. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. Let your heart be healed. Amen. Look to the cross and be set free. Can you give God a hand of appreciation this morning? Can you do it? So our worship team comes. Look to the cross. As our prayer team comes as well. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. We're going to pray a lot. I saved plenty of time. Didn't I do good? Didn't I do good? How about that? I only saw like two people sleeping. Like maybe two people sleeping, Brent. I did good. I feel like I did good this morning. I'm just kidding you. All the kids stayed awake. Hope City Kids, I'm so proud of you. You did so good. Let's give our kids a hand of appreciation this morning. God bless you guys. Listening so intently. They were so focused today. You might say, Pastor Mike, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord. I don't know Him as my Savior. You might even be one of our Hope City kids in the house this morning. What an awesome opportunity for you to know Christ right here in this chapel. Right here with your parents present. Right here. You say, Pastor, I don't know Christ as my Lord. I don't know Him as my Savior. You might be an adult. Teresa, you might be an adult and you say, today I am completely convinced 
that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Savior, and I want Him to be a part of my heart. I want Him to be a part of my life. I want to say yes to Him today. If that's you this morning, would you just slip your hand up? You say, Pastor Mike, I need to be saved this morning. I need to say yes to Jesus. Is there anyone in the house this morning? That's me, Pastor. I want to say yes. I want to say yes to Jesus as my Lord. I want to say yes to Him as my Savior. Is there anyone in the house this morning? I don't want to miss you. Just slip a hand up. I won't embarrass you, I promise you. This church would celebrate for you. The people in this house, we've all done this. We've all said yes to Jesus in a format very similar to this, maybe even in a life team, maybe in a Bible study, maybe uh, driving down the road talking with one of our friends, and we were convinced that it was time to say yes to Jesus. This church would celebrate with you. You say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus as my Lord. I want to know him as my Savior. God bless you, ladies. God bless you, ladies. Come on up. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. Anyone else this morning? Maybe you're in the house and you need healing or you need a deliverance in your mind. You need a deliverance in your spirit. You say, I want somebody to pray with me. I want want somebody to lay hands on me and I want to agree together. The scripture says it's touching anything that God can move in your heart, that God can move in your life. He can bring healing to your soul today. You want us to pray with you. You want us to lay hands on you. Will you stand with me all over the building? We're going to pray for a few moments before we pray for all of our kids and all of our educators going back to school. Would you just send a hand up this way as we pray and begin to pray for those that need a touch in their body, a touch in their spirit. Maybe they want to be saved. Maybe they want to commit their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. I want you to pray for them right there where you're at. Come on, let's do that together today.